Outing starts it out. Maybe a three-on-one. Right side. Outing comes in with Colasar. Got to do it. He scores! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Arvidsson looking for more. Shooting. Kick save. Grossois flexes out with the right pass. Now it's behind the goal. Another try. Another save. Grossois. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millar and Ryan Wallace. Getting at her here at the Underground Lounge, Oil Hotel and Casino off Tropicana. Here every Monday, 4 to 6. Hanging out with you. Drink specials, VGK drink specials, $3 Jim Beam, New Amsterdam. Lots of stuff happening. Five bud for 10 bucks mm. and chet is the guy's name chet, chet oh, i like that is the guy's name it's went over name. and chatted with him uh he's got the two buckets of bud all for himself i said do you, you somebody coming over to meet you it's like nope just for me <laughs> so that's chet chet love you uh that's outstanding that darren millard along with ryan wallace the vgk insider show uh digesting uh the road trip uh, which has not gone anywhere close to what the expectations were but an opportunity to at least salvage one win tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, there will be no VGK Insider Show tomorrow uh, because we are uh, preempted due to Ryan Wallace bringing you the VGK pregame show at 4 o'clock and face-off just after 5 with Dan Duva and Darren Elliott as they wrap up the five-game road trip against the uh, equally desperate uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we will get into uh, the one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, what I heard yesterday from the players during and after the game, that gives me great confidence that, uh, that they're ready to uh, fire this thing up and go on a run. But first, it is the game rating brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. What do you got, Chapman? Well, none of them are going to be exceptionally good. Um, I'll start with Buffalo, and that's a bell pepper, and the only reason it's even a bell pepper is because there's nothing lower on the Scoville scale that I could give it than a bell pepper. Lifeless, I thought, start to the game for the team. against. A, you, you, I, I would have expected more. Following the Philadelphia we loss, had a show since Buffalo. We haven't. No, no. So yeah. I, I, I would have expected the team to come out with a little bit of fire, a little bit of emotion, play a little bit better than they did against a, a, a not so good Sabres team. So that's a bell pepper for me. Pittsburgh, I'll go jalapeno. There was a little pushback in that game, but at the end of the day, Pittsburgh just kind of did what they wanted. And then yesterday. I'll go with a habanero because there was a little more fight. I liked the comeback. You know they were they were they were down five two. They made a game of it in the third period. They got to a point where maybe if they they get a goal six on five, it, it, it could have changed the fortunes of of the team a little bit. But you gave up five goals to Columbus. That's never good. Then you give up the empty netter. That's obviously the the nail in the coffin. So for me, it's a one two and a three for the three games. Just not a lot of good. I'm over the moral victories. I'm over this team is banged up. Look, you're well, either good. you got more positive as the week went along. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess that's a good thing, you know. I mean, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, well, of, the the of well, I'm, I'm just kind of tired of moral victories. There are no moral victories when you're at this point in the season. You're either going to make the playoffs or you're not. You're going to beat the bad teams or you're not. And right now, 
They're not beating bad teams. They're not beating anybody right now. All right, so, one, two, three, right? So why did you give last night's game a habanero? Well, because they, they had a little more fight. They, they scored goals. They, scored, they, they did they score, score four goals. goals. Is that not, in essence, a moral victory, Chapman? No, it's not a moral victory. I mean, it, I'm not giving it a, 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 a ghost pepper. Hey, they scored four goals. We're going to get a, a Carolina Reaper. It was a moral victory. No, they, they made a game of it huh. in they, the third they, period. Okay. But it, it, it's not good. Buffalo is a bell pepper. Pittsburgh is a jalapeno. And last night's game for me, uh, Columbus, uh, like I agree with you, Darren. Uh, we kind of got into it. It was probably the, the game I liked the least from the Vegas Golden Knights because there were moments within that game where they could have taken control and they just never did. Uh, defensively, it was not a, a good game for Vegas by any stretch. And then uh, while I do like the idea or, or the thought that the Golden Knights turned it into a game, they did. Uh, once Columbus packed the middle of the ice, the Golden Knights were way too complacent in being on the perimeter. There just wasn't enough to the inside. When they were scoring goals earlier on in the game, they were able to get to the front of the net. That largely went away in the third period. So for me, I'm looking at that Columbus game. Uh, it's not quite to the level of, of the Buffalo game for me. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to go jalapeno, and, and I, I kind of feel like I want to go somewhere between a bell pepper and a jalapeno because I did not like a, a lot of aspects of the game last night. I feel like I've broken down the Buffalo game already with you guys. No, we haven't. Are you sure? We well, we, the game was on Friday. Or, I no, know. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The game was on Thursday. So we had a show on Wednesday, yeah. right? And that was and at then, the Dollar And then Center. we were preempted on Thursday yeah. for the Buffalo game. We preempted. On Friday for the Penguins game, and then we. So you sure we didn't get together like at uh, Cracked Egg at or something like that? No and, and point talk in this time have I talked to you about this game. All right, no, okay. I, I intentionally didn't want to talk to you about this game until today because this All is right. what our listeners All tune right. in for. Uh, it's a game rating uh, brought to you by Nova Home Loans, a best combination of service rates and fees. Uh, I didn't like the, the the Buffalo first period; that bothered me, uh, and that's uh, that's one that I'll I'll give you a, a one. Uh, the Pittsburgh game, I really thought that their response in that game and fighting back was solid good I'll, second period yeah i'll, I'll, I'll give uh, i'll give them a, a three out of that one yeah. and then yesterday i'm going to deuce yeah because it was there elvis merzlikens was not good it was ordinary and and there was borderline like he was struggling ordinary to bad and then he comes up with these 10 bell saves on the breakaways yeah uh, and that, that's one thing we should also acknowledge. Chandler Stevenson had some jump yesterday. Oh, yeah, he's And good. Nick Hag had a breakaway. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if Merzlikens uh, isn't uh, doing the splitsy splits uh, a couple of times, uh, <laughs> then uh, he, he probably gets beat. But uh, I, I, it looked like it was there that Merzlikens was not uh, on top of his game in the first part, and they, they could have put that away. So uh, it, it, it wasn't great. You, you've got... Uh, You've got four games on this road trip uh, where you were in it in all three games and you didn't get anything out of it. That is, and I, I just, I felt like Pete was a little exasperated yesterday uh, mm-hmm. after yeah. the game. It didn't, it, he didn't sound frustrated. He didn't sound mad. It was more just exasperation. Like, really, like, finally find a way to score some goals and they don't take care of their own end. Yeah. Uh, it, does that game go differently if if Robin Leonard's uh, in that? I, I don't know really because I I thought Logan Thompson was was pretty good in the game. The the, the high Bjorkstrand goal, uh, the one time or the third goal, uh, is one that uh, that he would like to make a better play on. Sure, never use the phrase 
wants it back. <laughs> every goalie wants every, every goal back. Like, yeah. I don't care if the goalie lets in <laughs> one on 100 shots. The goalie wants that one back. <laughs> yeah. So don't use I, I mean, wants it back. But they, uh, they could have made a better. Cool Sillinger had one of those uh, one of those great days. Uh, they they play they played better than zero and four, but I'm not sure they've played well enough to be two and two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I mean, I think maybe if you combine everything, right? You, yeah. You're talking about three games that we're breaking down right now. I like the second period against the Penguins a lot. I didn't particularly like the third period. But it's the second half of a back-to-back after a game where nothing went right against Buffalo. Three and four, and, and Pittsburgh had not played since Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, like, and and you lose Max Pacioretty in the game. Like, obviously, it's it's not exactly set up for the Golden Knights to have a strong third period in that game against the Penguins because they expended so much energy just getting the game tied going into the third period. But I, I like the second period against the Penguins. But I think overall, through these three games, the stretches where the Golden Knights have played well have not even come close to outweighing the stretches where they have not played well. They've been a good first-period team, and their first periods haven't been very good on no. the road. No. And they've been really good in the second. That's been their best period in, in all four of the games. You can make that case. Sure. And the third periods are, are okay this year to, to, to really good at times. And they've been outplayed in the third period, which gives you – uh, I don't know whether it's urgency or, or what. I Use all the catchphrases you want. They just have not been able to convert great opportunities. They haven't been blown out in a single game. And that's where I get frustrated is they should have, there should be something out of this road trip that where there isn't. Sure. And I, I think the frustration of you – know, it's, I know Buffalo is three to one, but it's, it's essentially a one-goal game. You look at the Penguins, and there's a couple of empty net goals there. But you know, again, it, more or less a, a one to two-goal game. Like yeah. it, it's it's for me with this team this year, the, the most common thing that I'm seeing is in the third period they have worked themselves into a position multiple times to get points, and in those moments because they're chasing the game, because they fall behind early, because their first periods aren't where they need them to be, the expenditure of energy to get the game back to a position where in the third period they can give themselves a chance to either get points or get a win, it's just not there for them. And I don't know why that is. I mean, you probably chalk it up to uh, first 82-game season in, in, what, two and a half years right yeah. now for, for everybody in the league. But you're, you're looking at the, the number of regulars that are not in the lineup, the number of guys that you would be leaning heavily on right now in these moments to make a difference, to make a change, not in the lineup. And I'm not sitting here using injuries as an excuse, but it is a reason for why the Golden Knights have not been as dialed in in their structure or in their third period play because they just don't have the guys in the lineup that you rely on in those situations. You rely on Riley Smith in the third period when you're trying to make a play. You rely on Mark Stone and Max Patch ready to go out there and find you a goal when you're tied or down one in the third period. Those guys aren't on the ice for the Golden Knights. They're not able to make a difference here. Come on down if you want to go see the Golden Knights take on the L.A. Kings in a crucial Saturday afternoon matinee. Come down, enter the draw. And you have an opportunity to win a pair of tickets. And if you win those tickets, we'll put you in another draw. Winning begets winning. 
And uh, at the end of the year, we are going to uh, draw from all the winners at the uh, VGK Insider Show appearances at Oyo Hotel and Casino and the Underground Lounge. And we're going to give somebody uh, a VGK gold jersey. So that's uh, all happening. You can grab some Pink Whitney swag. We've got some hats. We've got some shirts. We've got some towels uh, here. Uh, you've got uh, drink specials at the Underground Lounge. $10 buckets of Bud. Walk out here with five beer in your bucket. There's the $3 Jim Beam, uh, New Amsterdam. Uh, a lot happening here at the Underground Lounge at the Oil Hotel and Casino, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. What I heard yesterday, after the first period, Golden Knights score a couple of goals, but trail 3-2. Jonathan Marcheseau with Ashley Weiss says, we're, we're not doing it defensively. Mm-hmm. This is not good. And uh, basically, we got to get going here. Uh, after the second period, Keegan Colasar, we gotta, we got to grind this thing. we we got to lock this, get locked in. It's not going right. After the game, Chandler Stevenson uh, with the most colorful post-game interview of the year. But talking about everybody's got to buck up, mm-hmm. stand up, yep. get in order. Talked about uh, they thought they'd be sick of it already. There's, there's a tone that I haven't heard from the players. And I... I'm a guy that wants the tone to speak to me. I want people to be pissed off mm-hmm. when they lose. I admire it when people aren't, when they handle it a whole lot better than I would handle it. <laughs> I tend to, uh, to let my emotions get the best of me. Yeah. And I've really, really uh, been jealous of the way uh, and envious of the way players, coaches uh, handle that part of it when things aren't going great. But yesterday, I got a real sense that a page had been turned. It wasn't the same player speak. It wasn't we're getting our chances. It wasn't we've got uh, we're still in the game. It wasn't uh, we got to uh, just continue with the process. Uh, it's It was a tone that told me there was some fire and the players were done. Time to, to go. And that alone, they didn't win the game, but that alone gives me a real sense of we might see a different performance from the start tomorrow than we've witnessed in the first four games of this road trip. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, I, I do want to see an angry Golden Knights team. I, I do. And, and you can admire the, the stick to You can admire the belief in we're doing the right things. This is just some bad luck. It's going to turn around. Um, it hasn't. And, and I don't know that that's necessarily through fault of anybody. It's just it's a rough stretch of hockey right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. But I like the idea of going in against a Winnipeg team and just playing pissed off, playing angry, being emotional. I don't know that you always want to go into a game, especially a regular season game, emotional, but I think right now for this Golden Knights team, uh, the ability to sit there and just say, all right, we're sick of it, we're tired of it, we're not doing this again, and using the Winnipeg Jets as an opportunity to just go in and play a pissed off, angry game, might be the best thing for this team. Doesn't mean go out and hit everything in sight. No. Doesn't mean go out there and create scrums. Doesn't mean that you're whacking and slashing and you're, you're 
get, trying to get under the skin of the opposition and putting yourself in a spot that you may take penalties just to be engaged in the game. It just means feet, forecheck, and 100% foot down on the throttle. That, that's what it means. And roll over, shift after shift after shift. Uh, and I, I'm really excited to see tomorrow night, uh, to see what happens based on what I heard from Marcezo Colasar and after the game, Chandler Stevenson. We did see the last couple of uh, games uh, some new looks on the lines. Mm-hmm. And since we last talked, you got your wish of Jonathan Marcheseau with Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. What have you thought of the combo? I think that they've got some chemistry going. Scored back to back games. Yeah, I, I think that for Jack, there's there's something to the way Jonathan Marcheseau is able to read off of who he's playing with and find those soft pockets in the offensive zone that I really really like. There's constant movement with Marcheseau. I thought last night with Carlson, Marcheseau, and Eichel, there was a lot of movement away from the puck, off the puck in the offensive zone. Give Jack a couple of games with that look. I, I think that they have the potential to, to be a line that can put the puck in the back of the net with a lot of regularity. I, I do. I, I liked what I saw. I've liked the jump Chandler Stevenson has had the last couple of games. You, you put him with Will Carrier, and, and good things t- seem to happen. So, um, you know, for the Golden Knights, they put up four goals. That's, that's nothing to, to be upset or frustrated by because they haven't scored. They just have not been able to score. That's the combination that they have to unlock the goal scoring. By all means, go with it. But they've got to have a, a tighter attention to detail on the defensive side of the puck tomorrow against Winnipeg. The lines were as all over the place yesterday <laughs> yeah, they as were. I've seen them Yeah, they the were. Vegas Golden Knights. It was uh, trying to come up with some combinations that are going to give you uh, some depth where you're, you're in the fourth game of a road trip. You don't want to start grinding guys. Uh, crazy in, but you also uh, had that uh, very noticeable top line mm-hmm. yeah. where William Carlson slides over and plays the wing with Jack Eichel. Gives you strong side, uh, weak side uh, on the center ice uh, spot if yep. you're taking draws. And, and Jonathan Marsh is so. So the misfits uh, back together, at least two of them, uh, but with Jack Eichel. And I'm sure that there is a, a combination of two misfits and Jack Eichel somewhere in the in all the different uh, variations that we were coming up with waiting for Jack Eichel to make his debut I don't know whether anybody saw Wild Bill with Jack and and Marcia so but that gives you an idea of just uh, where they are in in trying to one get Bill going yeah and two put your your three best uh, offensive players all due respect to, to Chandler Stevenson, load up. And and it, it seemed to have some, some, some legs. I, I, I didn't mind it. I thought Nick Waugh played a great game yesterday. Yeah. Chandler Stevenson uh, was noticeable. Uh, Dodonov scores a goal. There, there, was, uh, there was a lot uh, that you could grab around and say, we'll, we'll trot that back out again on, on Tuesday against Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I make any changes to the lineup uh, on, that aren't necessitated by a need, right? Um, as obviously we've, we've talked about, Braden Pahal has been recalled and, and also Paul Cotter. So does Paul Cotter draw in somewhere? I would imagine if he does, it would be on the fourth line. So that gives you kind of an idea of who may or may not be available for the Golden Knights. Or if you're just trying to have options, because right now the Golden Knights don't have any options of who they can and can't take in and out of the lineup. Now, all that being said, I, I look at it and I say, 
Um, I, I, I saw enough from at least the top two lines to kind of keep everything together. Dodonov and Kolasar seemed to have some chemistry as well. Nolan Patrick, it was his first game back in a while. I think he got better as the game wore on. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change much in terms of the lines. What I would change is, again, just kind of defensive awareness. And, and you know, I, I, just, I keep going back to that Cole Sillinger goal to tie the game at two and, and just the, the miscommunication behind the net that yeah. allowed that play to happen. If the Golden Knights are on their game, if they are playing – with the detail that Pete DeBoer expects them of, to have, that goal doesn't happen. The and golden the ice, response right the, after that, exactly, where they were like, "Exactly, oh. you you turn you turn a a a shift in momentum your way into trailing the game within about a minute and a half, and that really is is to me where the Golden Knights need to have their focus because you need goal scoring for sure, but you also need." the attention to detail defensively and for the Golden Knights to put that together through 60 minutes that's what it's going to take to win a hockey game we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night but uh, I would be fine with the same group but again a couple of uh, transactions today with Braden Pahal and Paul Cotter both recalled from the Henderson Silver Knights and uh, and put uh, into the uh, uh, on the roster uh, for the game uh, against uh, Winnipeg tomorrow night doesn't mean they're going to play Mm-hmm. But uh, they've been recalled. Uh, hopefully it doesn't mean somebody else has been banged up. Uh, let's cross our fingers on that. I tested Gary Lawless today uh, on nighttime at noon. <laughs> I said, uh, give, me, give me off the top of your head the nine guys that are out. And, and, and he did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he, was, he might have uh, been close to uh, <laughs> a, a violation when it comes to <laughs> doing it in a timely manner, but I didn't put a clock on it. Yeah. But you're, you're in a s- state now where – uh, there's there was one change yesterday because Patrick went back in, yeah. but Ben Hutton went out yeah. in, in COVID protocol, and there's just enough of of movement that it might make you second guess. So off the top of your head, oh give boy. it to me. All right, so we got Robin Leonard, we've got Ben Hutton who's in COVID protocol, uh, we've got Brett Howden, we've got Braden McNabb. Mm-hmm. Alec Martinez. There's five. Mark Stone. Max Pacioretty. Riley Smith. Matthias Yanmark. Nice. Well done. Yeah. It gives you an idea. Did I beat Gary's time? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. That's all I care about. But he also asked for a pen in the middle of it. Uh, no, and come wrote on. It down. So there is some, there is, uh, some jockeying for space to buy himself some some time which i actually give him full credit for it was a smart decision to ask for the pen leonard hutton howden mcnab martinez stone patretti smith yanmark you got your number one goaltender two top wingers mm-hmm. a a couple of top defensemen and four guys at least four players from your power play there's 10 guys in the power play 10 skaters four of them are on that list. It, I mean, and you, you can also add, it, it, I know you got the two top wingers, but you've also got three, three of your top four wingers out of the lineup right yeah. now. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's that type of game. Doesn't mean you lose every game. No. Not saying that. You've got to find a way to get some points. But when you're going through this, this process of, of, uh, of wondering how and when it's going to turn around, you've got to keep that uh, uh, into uh, consideration and keep that in, in mind. But we do have we do have a, a three-week stretch here, Ryan, 
where it's going to be like live and die, not every night, but almost every period. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to have to manage emotions. We're going to have to uh, be there with Papa Lou and with Stephanie's and Stephen and Mike and, and Rita and just it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so cool. And yeah. It's such a bonus time. But you have basically three bonus seven-game series, 21 games left. If you win four out of seven in all three of those series, that gets you to 12 wins. Yeah. We think they're going to need 13. See, you, there's some wiggle room there. There's not a lot of wiggle room, but there's some wiggle room. You win all three of those series, I think you get in. And then you turn around and you play four more, more, more series. Yeah, you know, again, I, a couple of things. I don't think it's a bad thing for this team to have to find another gear down the stretch over the final 19 games. I really don't. I think that if you get into the playoffs, that means you're playing good hockey down the stretch. Right, like there's no way the Golden Knights are going to get into the playoffs if they are not playing well. So there's there's that aspect of it right there. You get in, I don't care where you fall, I don't care where you land, I don't care who your first round opponent is going to be. The Golden Knights are going to have to be playing well over the course of the last 19 games in order to get in, and that makes you dangerous when you get there. And two, as you said, Darren, there's going to be a lot of managing emotions there's going to be a lot of uh, angry phone calls upset frustrated phone calls all that we've run the gamut we've run the gamut on the post game shows we've run the gamut here on the insider show every monday that's what it is that's what we do that is why we are here and i do want to take just a moment to commend this fan base the people that interact with us that call because frankly this is new this is uncomfortable this isn't something that many here who root for this team have been through. But embrace and I think, it. And I think that's where we're at with it. I think you're starting to see people embrace the fact that it's not a sure thing, that it isn't comfortable, and that, you know what, that's what makes the playoffs so fun. There's nothing guaranteed. And right now there isn't anything guaranteed for the Golden Knights. But, man, is it a heck of a ride. It's, you say it's new? I think it's new old. Because this team's now an underdog again. Good point. That's fair. You go back to uh, year number one, they were the underdog. Yeah. This club, the way the roster is constructed with nine players out and being where they are in the standings, is an underdog again. They're villains to the rest of the league. (laughs) And we're not going to get any sympathy from any other market. None. No. But if... If this team adopted that underdog mentality, I think it would serve them to be beneficial by having that little chip on their shoulder and us against the world. This isn't the Stanley Cup favorite the start of the year. And even though there's a lot of the same players in the lineup, they can't think of themselves as a Stanley Cup favorite right now. Yeah. Not close. But a chip on the shoulder... And that underdog mentality from both the players and the fans will allow us to enjoy this final 21 games a lot more. Don't go into this thinking you got the same team that, uh, that we thought would be uh, going through training camp. No. we got to change, change things. 
align things. I, and when I you adjust you. it, yeah. chip on the shoulder, it's going to make this a whole bunch more enjoyable. Uh, the one-timer uh, segment is coming up, but uh, game ratings, once again, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service, rates, and fees. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League is coming up, and we have a suspension to one of the stars in the National Hockey League. And i got a story for you uh, from a player that's trying to chase down Wayne Gretzky's all-time goals record. It's uh, the VGK Insider Show from Oyo Hotel and Casino on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Let's get into it. We've got a trade to announce as the Colorado Avalanche have added Mm -hmm. to their roster. Yep. Picking up rugged stay-at-home defenseman Josh Manson Mm -hmm. from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for prospect Drew Hellison and a second-round pick in next year's draft. Yep. So Manson is a 30-year-old guy. Uh, final season uh, of his deal is uh, he's 4.1, so they can squeeze him uh, under the cap. He's only got nine points. Uh, not doesn't have his dad's bite, mm-hmm. which actually had, was was bite would be an understatement when you talk about Dave Manson, uh, <laughs> whose nickname is Charlie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but he but he can bring it. Uh, he can uh, certainly kill some penalties for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, give you a little bit uh, of edge in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, take away some some harder minutes uh, from from your more skilled players. Uh, I think it's a it's a solid pickup uh, that addresses uh, something. And, and Colorado, quite frankly, is in a luxurious position of not having to need top end game-changing talent on their blue line. They wanted to add some depth, and they got it. Yeah, it's it's a good spot for the Colorado Avalanche because you can supplement with the sandpaper, and, and then that's a little bit easier to come by. Now, uh, Colorado is getting Josh Manson at 50% salary retained. So the, the Ducks are retaining salary on that, so it's a cap hit of just over $2 million. So for you know a guy that I think can, can play – second pairing defensive defenseman minutes and will help you out on your penalty kill for a team that I think has um, their finesse has kind of led to their exits this is something that addresses the need to be a little bit grittier especially in front of their own net. And Anaheim fills uh, the void of Manson with an Olympian in Hellison uh, who was uh, in Beijing, a Boston College kid, was a second rounder in 2019 uh, and six foot three, one ninety. Uh, well, I don't even know what that uh, what that is. Six, yeah, six foot three, one ninety. And that that's a player that uh, that will play in the National Hockey League. I I don't like for for Pat Verbeek in his first deal. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I mean, like you're going to get a cheaper option, and you're going to get a player who's going to play in the National Hockey League uh, in in Hellison, and you also get uh, that second round pick in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I, I think you get you get two assets, one of which I, I think you, you look at potentially being kind of a, a like-for-like replacement of, of sorts, and then you get a, a second-round pick out of it too. So um, for an expiring contract, I think there's some pretty good value going back the, Ana- the Anaheim Ducks way. 
Uh, so now it's all about uh, turning that 2023 pick into either something else or hitting on that pick. But for the Anaheim Ducks, who I, I think everyone kind of acknowledges is maybe a little bit ahead of, ahead of schedule, but still has a way to go, uh, you bring in a prospect, you bring in a pick, not a bad deal at all. Jacob Chickren of the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona hasn't done anything yet. I, I'm shocked that they have. <laughs> uh, and they've got like a million picks there. And Jacob Chickren. Yep. Out two to four with an injury. Mm. I don't know whether that will impact uh, his trade value. Two to four means you'll be back before the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sure. Yeah. But a team acquiring him won't be able to use him for the stretch drive. Certainly. Uh, in. in if, if you want depth, if you're a team that's already going to make the playoffs, good add. Sure. If you're a team that's trying to make the playoffs, it's not going to help you. Yeah, I mean. So I, I, think, I think that narrows the scope a, it, a little bit. Maybe it already was. But. And, and I think, to be honest, like when I, when I look at Jacob Chikrin, I feel like a team that's acquiring him wants him to get comfortable. Like you want to know what type of player you're going to get in this run. Now, granted, he signed. Uh, for a, a little bit longer term, then yeah. it's not a true rental. But, you know, I think if you're acquiring Jacob Chicken right now, you want him to be a factor in this playoff run. So, you know, are you going to be comfortable with that if he gets, what, five, six games in the regular season? I don't know. I, I never really got it to begin with, why you'd want to be moving him unless I mean, his value <laughs> was, was at its ultimate high. But he hasn't had a great season. And now he's hurt. He's, he's remarkable last year, but yeah. hasn't had a great follow-up season. And uh, the fact that uh, that uh, he's in a situation where he's hurt now, I think this somebody may still take a chance on him. But I, I think this probably puts it uh, puts it on the the back burner. Toronto Maple Leafs will have to do without Austin Matthews for the next couple of games after the Rocket Richard leader mm-hmm. suspended two games for cross-checking Rasmus Dahlin. In the side of the face yesterday, yeah, or neck, yeah, face, neck. It was right around the uh, the same area. Okay, so like a couple of things here. Um, you can't cross check people in the face. No, you just can't do it, and I understand that. Now I, I do look at this from Austin Matthews' angle, and I say, okay, well, I was cross checked like three times in the back, and no penalty was called. I can't draw a penalty. Why is this happening? I'm a little frustrated. I don't know that Austin, when he made the cross-check, was intending to cross-check Darlene in the face. You're saying his um, uh, his hearing today, he said, he hit me first. Thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the, the argument, and I wouldn't be surprised he if that's why you first. get two games. What I'm saying is you call the initial infraction, you probably don't el- escalate the situation to what it was there. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like it, At some point, I don't have any issue with Austin Matthews being suspended two games. I don't think you should cross-check people in the face, period, full stop. But what can also be true is if the referees just called the initial cross-check from Rasmus Dahlin, because we all accept and understand that Dahlin cross-checking Matthews is a penalty, right? Mm. You just call that penalty, Austin Matthews doesn't retaliate. I enjoy the odd kerfuffle. But you have to call the penalties. Yeah. At some point in time, if you're tired of seeing guys get cross-checked in the face because of a because a kerfuffle breaks out when an initial penalty is not called, you have to start calling the initial penalty. That's a thing that has to happen. Imagine if he doesn't win the Rock of Richard because of this two-game oh, cross-check. 
He'll be pissed. Like you, you people are right coming now. down. Not filling up balance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't get a fist bump there. Nope, didn't. You're as angry as Austin Matthews. That was. person was in. Uh, the, Here's uh, a pen. Do you want to cross check him in the face with a pen? Uh, uh, again. Does he have to cross check you first? I'm the uh, like three times before I you get, finally get angry about I'm it. I'm nasty. I I lose my temper. Uh, I'm not. The, I, I would be, I would be the Austin Matthews in that in that situation. All I'm saying is. I'd feel shame after, but no, you wouldn't. You don't have a shame. shame but I, I, would, I, I would. I uh, would. You don't believe I would in definitely, shame. I would That's definitely ridiculous. be the the Austin Matthews you, in that side. Do you disagree I, I, with me, Rasmus Dahlin? By the way, good on him. Didn't go down or anything. He, no. He, I, no, like listen. I, I don't. I'm not doing this show t- today after getting <laughs> cross check in <laughs> no, the face not. yesterday. No, you're not. Uh, here's here's what I'll say. Like I, I'm 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 amazed at how in the trenches Rasmus Dalene's been this year for the Buffalo Sabres. I love the fact that he was that hard on Austin Matthews in that situation. All I'm saying is I don't think one happens without the other, and I don't think and I think that if you just call the initial penalty, that saves Austin Matthews from having to defend himself that way. I enjoyed listening to Gretz yesterday on that broadcast, just talking loosely about different uh, plays and players and situations. Uh, it was a big conversation between uh, uh, the likes of Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones. That was just a fun, fun broadcast. It wasn't a very traditional broadcast, and some would uh, rather have the uh, come across the line, drops it uh, into the far corner. Uh, but I, I, and there's there's a place that I enjoy my play-by-play uh, as well. But the for a one-off? That was pretty cool. Listen to Gretz uh, for three hours. Yeah, I obviously was not able to watch because I was, you know, getting so ready to I be was on in the air. background, that's all. Well, lucky you. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the ability to do that where I was broadcasting from. But anyway, I'm going to go back and watch it just because I'd love to just spend three hours with Wayne Gretzky telling stories. Yeah. Uh, I've got a story for you here. Uh, okay. The other, uh, the other day. You're not Wayne Gretzky, but that's no, fine. No, no. So, uh we got Alexander Ovechkin chasing down Wayne Gretzky's all-time goals record. Yeah. And he's at 766 right now. He's tied with Yarmir Yager. Mm. And he scores mm-hmm. against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. It goes off the post, lands on the line, and then it looks like it dribbles across, but uh, again, because nets off, makes sure it goes across the line. They, they all celebrate, and they have a conversation as they're celebrating. Like, is this... Ovi's goal to move him <laughs> to sole possession of third place all the time. Yeah. And and Kuzi uh, is like, because I, I call him Kuzi, he calls me Mallard. Kuzi uh, says, yeah, and motions. And I don't know whether it was Wilson or Backstrom went over and got the puck. Yeah. And everybody in the building and on TV thinks this is Yager's 767. Sure. And then we look at the replay. And John Garrett, I was watching the Canucks broadcast. John's like, I don't think that's uh, Ovechkin's goal. Sure. And it was on the line. Yep. And I'm, I'm not saying Kuznetsov took the goal to be selfish. He was trying to help it across the line. But the fact that, that he was the one that knocked it in on the line yeah. and then tried to sell it to, to Ovechkin yeah, yeah, yeah. that it was his goal yeah. was really funny. So they, they ended up uh, just throwing that puck out because – it was <laughs> It was, and it was Kuznetsov. Uh, he scored a hat trick that oh, night. Yeah, no one. One cares. puck went off the stanchion and hit him. Yeah, another puck was on the line, and the other puck was was okay. 
uh, as a friend of mine said, it was the worst hat trick yeah. in hockey history. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, and one of those goals took away third all time uh, from Alexander Ovechkin. Can you imagine if Ovechkin's one off from Gretzky? Oh, uh, yeah. That did cross my mind. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what the better chaos scenario is there. Yeah, good point. I, I think Austin Matthews, because uh, Toronto's burning today. Oh, yeah, they are. Toronto's Mark, burning. You want to talk about Marc-Andre Fleury? Hey, it's, now. It's all over the place. You you would think that they're 15 points out of the playoffs and already fighting for mathematical uh, like, inclusion in the playoffs right. next year. Yeah, I don't even understand why anyone's getting up in arms about Toronto. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to get bounced in the first round because they're going to play against a really good team. Gary Lawless tried to sell me, like, uh, Toronto hasn't uh, won the Stanley Cup since 1967. I'm like, don't, no, they don't even count as, <laughs> as an example of a team that's going through a drought. They haven't made a final. There's there's teams that haven't won the Stanley Cup. Winnipeg, Vancouver, there's there's yeah. Minnesota. There's teams that uh, that haven't won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But but Toronto, like they should almost lose original six status because oh, you go because on. because hey, come original on. six team hasn't been to a final since expansion. Yeah, okay. Hasn't even been to a final. You should you Ryan. should take out an ad. No, in I'm one of the big papers way in too Toronto. Cheap. Well, come on. Way too cheap. I'll help you. Those are your one-timers for this Monday, March hmm. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Back to wrap things up from the Underground Lounge, Oil Hotel and Casino, right after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up. Chapman. Hi, Darren. So I've had a couple days to think about this, and the last couple of results, and depending on how the next few results go for the Golden Knights, I'm going to advocate that maybe they become sellers at the deadline instead of buyers, because right now you're looking at a team that barely is in the playoff race. I mean, I guess they're there, but they're not in the playoffs. So if if you lose the next couple of games... You fall further behind Calgary, Los Angeles, especially if you lose that Kings game on Saturday. I don't think it's out of the question that maybe you just kind of cut your losses and you've got some movable players. Maybe you, you try to recoup some of what you've given up to get guys. Like, I mean, the reality is you've got your key Fresh players like Jack Eichel, Alex Petrangelo, Shea yeah. Theodore, Jonathan Marshall, so Robin Leonard. Those guys are all under contract for a couple of years. So if you can move some salary and maybe get back some of those draft picks that you've given up, I don't think it's that terrible of an idea to kind of cut your losses and say, you know what, this is a lost season. Look, we saw the lightning go through it a couple of years ago where they missed the playoffs and look what's happened to them since. I know it may not be a popular idea and the fans want to win a Stanley Cup, but I think we may have to face the reality that based on the circumstances, the way they are, this team may not be a Stanley Cup contender this year. So you're saying call it a cursed year and be done with it? Well, I mean, I think it depends on how things go up until the deadline. But, I mean, there's a real possibility that this team loses tomorrow in Winnipeg, which is not... Well, with that easy, attitude. Well, <laughs> it's not an easy place to win. There, you know? there and, are, Chapman, there are three games. Winnipeg, Florida, and L.A. Yes. Before the trade deadline. I think if you lose two of those three, if you, if you certainly if you lose all three, I think you kind of become a seller. Or don't add. 
No, well, that that that's that's well, the other aspect of the, it as well. The interesting thing is that you bring up the the sixteen seventeen Lightning, who, if I'm not mistaken, moved on from Ben Bishop at that trade deadline, traded him, I think, to L.A. They did. Uh, there were a couple of other moves that they made, so nothing like astronomical. They didn't sell the farm or anything, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you you decide what you want to do and you live with that decision. I, I understand the reasoning behind what you're saying. Um, I think the, the issue is that this is still a team that believes if you get in and you can get closer to health, then you're, you're, you're a Stanley, then Cup, you're a Stanley Cup contender. And yeah. the argument that I made earlier is if you get into the playoffs – the only way you do that is if you are playing well down the stretch. You're not going to luck yourself into this at all. No. You have to be playing well. And if you're playing well down the stretch, then you're hitting the playoffs in stride. And I think that that might be worth a whole lot more than just recouping assets. Well, I think it. I think it's really going to come down to where are Mark Stone and Alec Martinez and Max Pacioretty health-wise as well. I mean, obviously, Riley Smith in that in that list as well. Can you write that down for me? Uh, I, I think you, you got it, but... Uh, what do you want him to write down? Yeah. Well, Ultimately, it's going to depend on... Take, like, oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. No, I'm not making oh, fun point. of... I'm got not it. making fun got of it. any take, but the health no, no, of those he, guys I'm is really... I'm making fun of yours. Oh, making fun oh. of you. Sure. <laughs> no, not sure. He, <laughs> I've got, I've got he 10 is. seconds. I can't rebuttal right now. <laughs> you couldn't if you had more time. Uh, pre-game show at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Jets and Golden Knights at 5. Fox Sports Las Vegas. 